My name is Ben Pringle. Welcome to Man Marking. We're asking, where's the talking lads? You only get into, out of the game what you put into it, Shelley. Mm-hmm. And I put everything into it I could and still do for the people and for the people that I was playing for and the people that I was manager for. I didn't cheat them out of anything. So I put all my heart and soul to the extent that my family suffered. Do you yeah. regret that at all? Oh, yeah, I regret, oh, I regret it very much, yeah. Somebody said the football's a matter of life and death to you. I said, listen, it's more important than that. Yeah, um, my name is Ben Pringle. I'm uh, still playing at the minute at Altrincham. Um, I'm 33 now, so coming towards the end of my career, really. But uh, yeah, I've been, enjoyed it and looking forward to this uh, interview. Fantastic. Um, I was doing when I was doing a bit of research, Ben, to, to put these questions together. Obviously, I, I, I'm a family fan, as I mentioned before, and so you've always been sort of in and around the divisions that we've been in. So I've always been aware of you as a as a player, but. From the outside looking in, your kind of the start of your sort of career was quite unusual. Not the sort of normal route the footballers get into into playing in, in, in at the professional level. And you were at West Brom for quite a, a short period of the time in terms of like academy sort of football. How come that stint was so so short lived? And how did you actually end up at West Brom in the first place? Um. So I, I was playing just Sunday league football uh, for Wolves End Boys Club till I was 15 um, and I had like various trials and stuff for different teams and that but like me and my dad just said whoever offers, offers you a scholarship first that's where we're going to sign so uh, I think we played West Brom um, at some point um, during the season and then me and one of the other lads we impressed whoever was the manager at the time um, and then, yeah, they at the end of the season, they offered me a scholarship. So it was just like a YT, like fifth, uh, 16 to 18, like standard academy scholarship that anyone would do now. Um, so, yeah, that was that was two years that I did down there. How did you um, how did you find that? Obviously, being quite young and stuff. And I presume you must have commuted between the two. So from the it was all, yeah. Oh, mate, it was, it was awful the first six months. Um, so I actually moved away when I was like 15 so um, and it was those times where <laughs> you, you didn't have a contract on your phone so like it was pay as you go um, <laughs> moving into digs like if you were in a really good digs you'd have Sky um, so yeah it was, there was like no phones no no Sky really in the digs or anything like that it was quite quite tough obviously moving away from home your family your friends and stuff so but I think it was. Glad, I'm glad that I've done it now because it kind of, you know, shaped me for the, the the career and how mentally strong you've got to be to to make it really. How did you find? Obviously, like at the end of that two years, I presume you just went off with another contract and then you you moved back home. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so I think obviously everyone going in um, when they sign a scholarship in the back of their mind knows that there's you know. 90% chance you're going to get released in two years, um, which is the harsh reality, really. But um, I think because we had a good group of players at the time at West Brom, we, you know, we thought we would get closer than what we actually were. So, um, but yeah, that, that's kind of what happened. I, I literally got released and then went back home the next week. Um, and yeah, that was it, really. Did you, at that point, kind of think, right, well, that, that's done now. I'm not, I'm not going to be a footballer. Or did you kind of think, all right, well, you know, I've had a taste of the biscuit almost. I want to kind of keep going with it. Yeah, I mean, I, um, before I started playing part-time, I did. I actually did a third-year YT at Gretna, um, the, the Scottish club, which folded. I don't know if you remember them. They got Yeah, through. I do, yeah. I was thinking about them the other day. It was, they were, like, here and then gone within about a few seasons or so, wasn't it? I think, well, they're, they're still... They've started back up. I don't know what <laughs> league they're in. Um, but, yeah, they're still actually going. But... Um, so I did like a third year scholar up there um, and then, yeah, they folded. So that's when I started playing part-time. Um, I actually got a job working in All Saints, um, like working part-time. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, that's that's kind of what I was doing, and I, I did about a year of it, and then, like you say, you just you want to get back into it, but obviously the you know the opportunities to get back in are quite limited. So, um, yeah, the, the part time football was a bit bit strange, not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, you were you were at um, a team called Newcastle Blue Star, I believe, which I don't think I'd even heard of to be honest with you. I saw the badge and I was like, isn't that Newkey Brown? That's what I thought it was when I saw the badge. Uh, yeah. And then Morph of Town and 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 then Ilkston. Ilkston's quite a good level though, isn't it? Yeah, I mean that was one of the um, my old youth team manager, David Holdsworth, he he took over at, at Ilkston at the time. So they were in I can't remember what league they were in, but um I was actually out in Ibiza and my mates had set up a, a laughing gas, like selling laughing gas in the clubs. Um so that's what I was doing in the summer basically. Um and I had no intention of really <laughs> coming back home to play football um but yeah my dad just said listen you know just just come back and give it one one last go and kind of see where it takes you so um yeah I signed for Elkiston but I was traveling down from Newcastle like three nights four nights a week just to train um and go back up it was taking me like four hours just to get one way train and then go back so absolutely crazy like but um yeah, obviously at the end of that season was when I signed for Derby, so I guess it was kind of it all worked out really. Was your dad quite a big like like proponent of your football career? Like someone who I presume probably drove you around when you were a kid and stuff. And yeah, like probably like most you know lads that that play football now. Like obviously at the beginning, um, but I always had a I always had a problem with my attitude, kind of from about twelve till he'll say 33 so um but yeah there was a point where he, he kind of just said listen like you you either want this is what you want to do and you want you, you know you go for it or I'm not taking you anymore kind of thing so that was when I was about 14 and then from then that's kind of when I started getting better and better and it, it kind of got serious so but yeah he, he he pushed me but he was like I say he just kind of said give it one last shot and then if it doesn't work then you know, you you'll have to look at doing something else. So, and that move to um to Derby, like that's such a leap, like in levels, isn't it? That to even, I mean, nowadays you probably see it a little bit more with with players moving up. I mean, at Tranmere, we've got a lad um called Elliot Nevert who who's signed up from from Warrington Rylands, and that's quite a step up. I mean, Derby were like I'd only been in the Premier League a few years before that. How what was that like? Like moving that much up the sort of pyramid? Yeah, it was mad. Like like you say, it's kind of like Jamie Vardy stuff. You don't really see it kind of anymore at all. Um, I think it was actually seven or eight divisions, the jump was. Um, so it was literally one in, one in the, well, for me, it was one in a million, really. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just kind of, when I knew it was happening and I'd signed and stuff, I just, thought, you know, I might not get this opportunity again. I've been given a second chance at being a footballer, really. So you've got to kind of make the most of it, which is which is what I did, really. Um, and I think everyone who was at Derby at the time couldn't really argue with the fact that I worked, worked my socks off from, from minute one, really. So It's interesting that you were sort of in that part of the country at West Brom mm. when you were a teenager and then round the houses and then back again to that to the Midlands again was it I presume there was some connections with West Brom that meant you ended up back at Derby or was it completely random no I think it was completely random um I think at the time they had a lot of big players on big wages at Derby so Nigel Clough had been told to kind of get you know get the budget down get the wages down and get some younger players who you could probably bring through the first team really um so yeah, I think the assistant manager and one of the other coaches came to watch me a couple of times, and then, like I say, I mean, to get that move and jump was was crazy. Like, still can't believe it now, to be honest. But um, but yeah, it was it was really good. How did you find sort of adapting to training and and playing at that level, both from kind of like a like a physical standpoint, but also like emotionally as well, getting used to you know playing in front of twenty five, thirty thousand. Yeah, I mean, the first week was was obviously strange because I'd gone from training two nights a week in a game on a Saturday to then, you know, being back in every day and touching the ball. So, but I think the first 
the first week was like I say it was a bit strange and then I started joining in with the first team and um yeah first couple of days I'd have been ner- I remember being nervous and stuff but after about the first week you know you, you kind of say to yourself hang on I'm I'm holding my own here I can actually I can actually play at this level and once you get that confidence after the first week that was that was kind of it really so I, I didn't really look back to be honest what was it like um, playing with Robbie Savage? Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> it was a nightmare to be honest. He, he's a funny guy, um, but I mean, I remember when I first went in, he he introduced himself and he's like, "You you'll know who I am, but I don't have an absolute clue who you are." So, so <laughs> <laughs> um, I can hear him saying it as well. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, he, he he was funny when he wasn't kind of picking on you or putting some banter on you but yeah I remember the last game of the season when we played Cardiff at home um, and he absolutely slaughtered me for the first 40 not that I'd done anything wrong but just saying you know you shouldn't be anywhere near this football pitch you're not you're not as good as me how how are you on this pitch um, playing in the same team as I am da, 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 all that kind of stuff so um, but yeah he, he was he was a funny guy to be around he, he comes from, like, he's almost, like, sort of lives between those two eras, doesn't he, really, of that kind of, you know, like, you hear about people that, that, that playing in the 90s and stuff like that, and it was very much that type of approach, wasn't it, of you just hammer people until they get it almost. Whereas, obviously, by the time you're coming around, someone like Nigel Clough, I would imagine, is is a little bit more arm around the shoulder than, than that type, really. Yeah, that's it. Like I say, if it was... If it was you, you'd want the ground to swallow up. But if it's not you and it's someone else, then you, you it's really funny. But yeah. um yeah, like you say, you probably you probably couldn't say some of the stuff that he used to say back then, like nowadays. So um but yeah, no, it was it was a good experience. I re- I really enjoyed the time at Derby. Yeah. And then and then sort of by all accounts you you, you did quite well at, at Derby and then you were you went out on loaner to Torquay. We obviously we were Talking about how far away Torquay is from everywhere before, um, that was a quite a short loan spell. Or was it only only a few weeks or so? Um, did you find then by the time you got to the end of your time at Derby, were you quite disappointed to be told that you could go? Did you feel that you had more to offer, or did you almost see the writing on the wall? No, yeah, I mean there was there was two reasons why I kind of came back from that loan. Um, the main reason was that. Um, when I went to Torquay, the manager had said, you know, because they were down the bottom of the championship at the time, mm. um, he said that he was going to go with more experience, you know, to, to make us make the team stay up, um, so that I wouldn't be wouldn't be playing, wouldn't be involved in the squad. Um, I still think it was a bit strange how it came about, to be honest, because I literally played. I came on against Hull on the Tuesday night, and then by the weekend I was on loan at Torquay, so. Um, but so yeah, I've just that communicated to you. Like, does anyone say, by the way, this has happened, that has happened, or do you just get told, pack your bags, you're going to talk here at the weekend? Well, because I was because I was a young lad, that's they just kind of told me what was happening, really. Mm. Um, like I say, if it, if I was, you know, happened in the last couple of years, I would have dealt with it a lot different. So, um, but yeah, the the main reason why I came back was because they were safe from relegation now. So I thought. Um, if I come back, then I'd much rather play or try and play games in the championship at a higher level um, than than play team, play games for Torquay. Obviously, the manager gave me the choice, but uh, the second reason was that I had uh, a holiday booked, which I really wanted to go on, um, and I didn't want to miss if I, which I would have missed if I'd have stayed at Torquay and played the playoffs. Um, that, I don't know whether he found out about that, but either way, he wasn't happy when I came back, even though he gave me the choice. Um, so, yeah, I was disappointed and I felt like I had a lot more to offer at Derby. Um, but he kind of said that was that was it and I was free to go. Yeah. And then you you you, you make a, a move to Rotherham, who were, at that time, I suppose, at a level below what they would feel is, is their natural level for, for that size of club. Um, in, in in League Two, how did you find adapting to sort of obviously you've gone from a championship club like Derby where you may be sort of in and out of the team or in and around the squad with other experienced players, but I guess when you go to Rotherham, you're more expected to be a 
you know, not a senior player so much because of your age, but, you know, a regular first-team player under, you know, a bit of pressure to get promoted. How did you find kind of adjusting to that? Yeah, it was... Um, well, obviously, my the, the first year at Rotherham was an absolute nightmare for me. I didn't play at all. Um, and for whatever reason, the manager wasn't having me. But, um, yeah, there was times in that first six months where I didn't play, where I was thinking, you know, I've signed two years at Rotherham. I've not played the first year, so... I might be out of the game here in a, in a year if I'm not careful. Like I have to kind of, you know, do something mad. But after that first year, obviously when Steve Evans came in, I literally played every game since then. So, um, and that's kind of when my career started. So, um, but yeah, it's obviously that's the reason I signed at Rotherham in the first place because I wanted to play yeah. and be a main player. So it, it, it did happen. It just happened a year later than I, I wanted it to really. What's that like, like as a player? The difference between being, you know, in a squad and being involved here and there to being, you know, a regular starter. Like, I presume it does make you feel significantly different about your job, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, obviously at Derby, I was I'd done the jump from the you know part time to full time, um, and it was in the Championship where you're playing in front of good good crowds at good stadiums the pitches are really good against good sides like it's obviously the place one of the best leagues in the world so that was really exciting but I just wasn't playing enough um but then you know I go to Rotherham and I was I mean I used to get away with everything basically and I knew I would still play on a Saturday was, was I could train terrible Monday to Friday and no I'd still play on a Saturday which you know, if you, if anyone has experienced that in your career, it's quite rare. But like you say, it makes you feel valued and important in the team. Yeah, absolutely. I guess it's like you know you you needed as as in your head and towards something with with the side. That around that time was when you were playing at the was that the Don Valley Stadium? That was that period, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which terrible. Is yeah, not a football stadium. Is <laughs> what was that kind of like? I was thinking that's proper weird. Like you're in that kind of this is our stadium, but it's not really our stadium, kind of. So sort of. I think it was I think it was a blessing in disguise for me that the manager didn't actually like me in the whole season that we were at the Don Valley. Um so I didn't actually play in it that much, but um yeah, I mean it wasn't it wasn't great, like it was just nothing, no atmosphere, no, you know. No build up to before the game, no just like I say, just nothing basically. Yeah, I went to um was it the with Dean where Brighton used to play? Because that was the same, wasn't it? It was like an athletics sort of thing. Yeah. And we went that was every time I go somewhere, it's nil-nil. It was nil-nil then as well. I went all the way down yeah. to Brighton, it was nil-nil, and I couldn't see anything. I was so far away from the pitch. I was legitimately like if I'd stayed in Birkenhead, I could probably see as much of this game as I can here. Like it's, it's <laughs> um, yeah. but they are weird games in those stadiums where you just like you kind of a bit like I don't know what we're all doing here. This all just feels a little bit odd. Yeah, that's what I mean. It was I was lucky I didn't play every game, um, but it was just it's just hard to get up for. Just, like there's no atmosphere. There's, there's you can everyone you can hear everyone talking like on the pitch and stuff. So yeah, it was strange. So. Everyone was buzzing when when we moved to the to the new stadium. Yeah, I was going to say because that was the following season when you got when you got promoted, wasn't it? Um, and that was was that that was your first football league promotion that year. I presume, obviously, that must have just been like incredible, like big club like Rotherham yeah. Stadium getting promoted. Yeah, I think the, I think the stadium was made a difference more than people would expect. Really, I think. We would have still done well with that team if we were at Don Valley, but I think like we had to win the last five games in a row, and three of them were at home. And like we always said that the stadium kind of got us through those three home games, basically to get us promoted. But um, yeah, it was good. I think we were always kind of not favourites to win, but kind of be in the playoffs. So, um, but yeah, like you say, the first one was was class. Something I'll I'll never forget. And then. You take that sort of momentum into the the following season in League One, and you get to the playoff final. And I remember that season because I think, I think that was the season the Tramies that we started quite well and then dropped off like and like terribly the second half of the season. 
or I might be thinking about a different year. But I remember because like in Orient were right at the top, like the whole season, weren't they? And then you guys ended up in the final with them. Yeah. You tune us down at half time. And I suppose after like all the momentum and the good feeling and the buzz of of the season before of getting promoted and then all the way through getting up to the playoffs. What's it like in that dressing room at half time when you sat up two 0 down a bit like oh god this uh, we, it, it's done like we're done with yeah it's like you say you've played all season and you've you've got promoted the year before and no one expects it to go back to back and all those type of thoughts like you're getting at half time um, I always remember walking in at half time their players were actually um, laughing and joking and and talking about where they were going to go on the night afterwards. Um, as if like they'd already won, like they they'd kind of done it, um, which I always I'll never forget that. Um, and um, we just got in the change room, and obviously Big Steve Evans is known for his ranting and raving, but he literally did not say a word for fourteen minutes. Uh, we just sat there in silence, and then literally the whistle went, and we just kind of got up, and someone shouted, and then that was it. We went out and managed to get back in the game, but it was a one of the most strangest half times I've I've ever had. It wasn't great, like. Is it one of those where you kind of do you feel like at that point you're like, well, we've got nothing else to lose here, so it almost like relaxes you a little bit, if you know what I mean, because you think, well, it can't get any worse now. Yeah, I think everyone just knew what knew what everyone was thinking. Like, they, like no one knew what to say, basically. But um, yeah, like I say, when the whistle went, everyone kind of got up for it, and we always knew that if we got one, then we get back into it. Um, but I don't think anyone could have imagined the way we would have yeah. <laughs> got got back into it with the second goal and then kind of won on penalties. So. Do you get credited with an assist for that second one? It's your ball up the <laughs> upside, isn't it? I'd be claiming yeah. if I was you. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I always point it out whenever it comes on or whatever, like great <laughs> ball up the line and stuff. So, yeah, it made no, it. definitely. It made it. The finish, finish, finish was it was it was on a plate at that point. Couldn't have missed. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't have missed. <laughs> That's it, yeah. And then it goes obviously goes to a to a shootout. And then we've obviously had in, in, in the Euros final there's been a lot of talk about you know penalties and the nerves and all that sort of stuff and how can you practice it and and that type of thing. As someone who's done it in a you know in a big playoff final at Wembley, walking up to that that penalty, you're like, what's it like genuinely like? Is it? as nerve-wracking as it looked, or you're kind of just a bit numb to it at that point? Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. Um, obviously, it would have helped if it was at the Rotherham end, um, but because it was at the other end, and, you know, all the Leighton Orient fans are going mad, but because I played the extra time, I was just that tired. Like, I wasn't... I didn't care if I missed, you, you know. Um, obviously, I wanted to score, but I was so tired. I was just thinking, I'm going to hit this ball as hard as I can down the middle, and if it goes in, it goes in. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But, um, which is something I thought about in the Euros, you know, like they're trying to pick their spot. But if you've just come on the pitch, haven't touched the ball, I just think surely the safest thing is to put your th- foot through it straight down the middle and, and hope for the best, basically. But um, obviously it wasn't wasn't meant to be. Yeah, just lamp it. Just absolutely larrap it at the goal as hard as you can. <laughs> just That's what I always think with the penalty. You just, I think when you're trying to pick spots sometimes, you're sort of introducing a variable that you just didn't need to. You're just a bit like, and that was a bit with, with Rashford's. You were just like, he's tried to be dead precise with it. I thought, he's such a clean striker of the ball. Just just whack it. Just absolutely whack it at the goal. It's not that. I think, how often do you see a goalkeeper stand in the middle of the goal for the penalty? Like, yeah. he always dies, left or right. So... And I think all three penalties, if they'd have put them straight down the middle, they would have scored. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, for them coming on the pitch and not having a touch of the ball must have felt, you know, yeah, weird. very, very. Obviously, I got promoted with Morecambe last season, and I thought that was going to go to penalties, and I thought I, that was going to be the same for me. I thought he was going to bring me on, so it must must be a strange feeling. Were you at that point then in the Morecambe game? Are you kind of thinking? Oh God, I don't want this to go to penalties if I have to come straight on and take one. Or are you just thinking you just want to be a part of it or you kind of Yeah, I think I, I always wanted to be a part of it. So obviously I wanted to get on the pitch, but I thought the more the game goes on, it's nil-nil, the later it's getting, he's gonna put me on for a penalty because I'd be one of the penalty takers. But um again, like like I say, coming on the pitch, not having a touch of the ball and hitting the ball cold, it would be strange, but 
I always go back to that, what I've just said, like if that did happen, I'd just, you know, smash it as hard as I can down the middle and hope for the best. <laughs> you end up in the, uh, in the playoffs this season and he goes with shoots out. I'll be like, I'll be like that, me telling the keeper, he's just going to lever this down <laughs> there behind them. That's probably, that's, I mean, that's why I've never made it as a football manager because my only piece of advice would be just smack it as hard as you can at the goal. Um, I missed a, a, penalty, a penalty in a shootout years ago when I was a kid. And I did that, they tried to place it in the bottom left-hand corner and I was dead tired because we'd been we'd done the whole extra time and everything. And I, oh, and I remember my mate, my best mate who's playing on our team, after the game, he was like, why didn't you just whack it dead hard? I was like, oh, you can fuck off, mate. I fucking miss it. I'm not <laughs> here. Fucking heartbroken. I'm only 15. Leave me alone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how was it then? How was the getting promoted at Wembley? How did that compare to the year before, you know, doing it through the league? Yeah, it was class. Um, obviously, going to Wembley is an experience in itself, as you'll know, with Tranmere. Um, but and it, to do it on penalties was was just mad, really. Um, so that's I always say that's probably the best day I've had in football, just purely because of the occasion and going to extra time and taking a penalty and winning on penalties. Um, but yeah, in terms of it was a lot different from the year before. Um, but both both really good in, in their own way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I was looking at your like career stats and stuff, Ben, uh, Rotherham, you were there for, for, for a while and played a, like, a lot of games in in that period of time, obviously, because you were always, you know, you were going for promotion and stuff, and, and so you've got extra games and stuff in there for that. And apart from that, you've never really stuck around at many clubs. What was it that made you stick around at Rotherham for that period of time? I think... Um... It was the style of play with Steve Evans. It was four four two, and I was on the left putting crosses into the box, mm. um, which, you know, 10, 15 years ago would be the norm. Even in the Premier League, that would be the formation, the style of play. Like, you, you know, like Giggs and Beckham on the wing just putting balls in the box. Like, you very rarely see that now. It's all, you know, four three 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 five. 3 3 5 formations go on for days and people are in different positions so um, yeah I think it was just one of them I just kind of suited the formation I suited the way that we played and we had success um, that was you know that was one of the reasons Fulham signed me after Rotherham I think it was I was second or third in the in the championship for chances created so they obviously used the you know the stats and how they sign people um, so yeah I mean some of the clubs, I think I was hard done by and I deserved more time. Mm-hmm. Probably, especially at Fulham and Preston, uh, we had five, four managers in six months at Fulham, which was mad. Um, Preston, I didn't really get, they signed me three-year deal and played me nine times, which is absolutely ridiculous from a you know football club's point of view. Um, even chatting to the manager, he, you know, he, he told me one thing and, and did the other. Um, was that Graham Wexler at that time? No, nah, it was that Simon Grayson, it was oh, at yeah. the time. Um, so, yeah, I, I hadn't played and he he just said, let's have a chat. So we had a chat and I kept, the lads were saying, don't go and see him um, because if you have a chat, he'll just get rid of you. Yeah. And I was thinking, I'm five months into a three-year deal. I want to be playing. Um, if I'm not playing, then what's what's the point in kind of being here? So I went in, had a meeting, came out, and I was thinking, you know, I'm I'm pleased with how that's gone. Like things are looking up. Uh, that was on the Thursday, and then on the Saturday he left me out of the squad, <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't in the squad for the rest of the season. Wouldn't let me go out on loan. Wouldn't let me sign for anyone else. Wouldn't put me in the squad. Wouldn't play me. Um, and then that was. So I was doing nothing basically for six months. Um, do you ever get it like at that point and think like, do you ever think like, is this? Does he just not like me? It's like I, that's if that's where my mind would go, I'd be like, I don't get this. Like, like especially given you're not allowed to go on loan either, so you can't even go and play elsewhere. Just seems yeah weird. I, I think that you know you speak to the lads and they they'll say that's the main the main thing in football is that the managers and the way that they operate like. Players just want honesty, um, and like I say, I mean, for him, for me to come out and be pleased with the meeting and think, you know, <laughs> this is good going forward, and then the complete opposite 
you know, he, he said he was going to try and get me minutes on the pitch. He saw a future at the club for me and then left me out two days later and simply put put me back in. So at that point in my career, I just thought, do you know what, this is, because going out on loan is, is good if you're going to play every week, but if you go out on loan and don't play or you don't fit the system, you don't like the manager, do you know what I mean? It kind of, um, it, it takes its toll basically, so. I often think as well in that position, you then like to the like to the fans and stuff are probably thinking, why have we got this guy? Like, why does he play for us? Like, and then it almost starts to look bad for you, even though there's not anything really you can do about it. It's it's out of your hands at that point. Yeah, I mean, that, that, obviously, I left Rotherham where I played, like you say, for about four seasons. Went to Fulham. I thought I did well when I was, you know, when I played. Like I said, there was a lot of change at the club they had four managers in five months six months so it was a crazy time um went to Ipswich on loan from January to the end of the season and Mick McCarthy was you know exactly what you want as a player just told you exactly if you were good he would tell you you were good and you'd play if you were crap he'd tell you and give you reasons why you weren't playing or why you didn't play yeah there was no kind of guessing with him or wondering where you stood he just told it how it was and he was honest so He's definitely the best manager I've, I've played under. Um, and then, yeah, I signed, signed three years at Preston, which because we'd played the uh, Rotherham in the semi-final and I played really well, obviously all the Preston fans were, were buzzing that I'd signed and I was the same. But, um, yeah, like I say, that was Simon Grayson. And, I mean, we had a good side. We signed Aiden, Aiden McGeady, um, who played on the left. So that was my career pretty much over at Preston when he signed because, He's unbelievable. Um, and Callum Robinson was on the other wing. So it's not like we didn't have good players, but yeah. along with that, coupled with Simon Grayson selling me the dream and then giving <laughs> me nothing. Um, by that point, my head was just kind of kind of gone with it, really. And I, I didn't play for a year. So that's, that's kind of what killed, not killed my career, but it was, it was in two parts. The first part was I got to Fulham and Preston on, you know, three-year deals and the second part was loans and, you know, one-year deals and, like you say, not really hanging around too much. Do you think that's that was quite damaging then, that year? And, and do you ever look back on that and think, I mean, it's difficult, isn't it, really, in hindsight? Like, if you, uh, uh, you know, it, 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 a club like Preston, the, the point of the career, you know, to get off of the three-year deal and what have you, is, you know, is, is kind of, you know, it's ideal, isn't it, I suppose? But I guess you're... Do you ever look back and just think, you know, sliding doors moments, what might have been different if I'd gone there or gone here? Or is it just, that's just the way football is? Yeah, like you say, I mean, I think if I turn back time, I could have done things differently. Was my attitude, you know, right every single day? Was I showing that I wanted to be there? Probably not. But I was annoyed. Do you know what I mean? I was pissed off I wasn't playing. Um, there was there was a few things Um certainly things that I could have done differently but it, the main reason was the manager had told me one thing and did the complete other um, I didn't then play for a season um, which probably without sounding funny didn't warrant my ability I, you know to get to that point in my career to then go from Preston on a three-year deal to signing for Oldham and Grimsby on a loan mm. I knew then that my career was going downhill basically so uh, and I wasn't getting any younger, really. So that was, you know, that was the way it was going to be. Is that difficult then? Obviously, you, I think you've played for about 15 teams in your career, which I mentioned we, we interviewed Jamie Cure and it makes you look like a one-club man compared to his list of clubs. Um, but is that difficult then? At that point, you, you know, you've you've gone from that point, Rotherham, and then into Preston, you know, play for a while. And then the next thing, you know, you're on loan at sides that, you know, no disrespect to them, you feel as though, is below where your ability should be should be placing you. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, and that's when I come back to the career being in kind of two halves. You know, I was, I'm I'm really proud of the career. Like the first half to get to Fulham and have the success with Rotherham, and then even signing for Preston on a three-year deal was, um, was you know was good. The second half, I'm kind of thinking. You know, if things had been differently, I, I should have been playing a lot higher for a lot longer. So, um, yeah, it's it's just kind of the way it is, basically. But, um, 
I definitely changed stuff, but then at the same time, you know, I was on a good contract at Preston until I was 31, which, you know, was was massive for yeah. myself. Um, and not many, you know, not many people get that type of deal. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just the way you, you kind of think about things, really. Do you, do you enjoy being a footballer? Like, do you, is it, like, I, it sounds like an odd question, but it's something I always want to ask footballers, like, because I think as a young lad, when you play football, you kind of think, oh, I'd love to be a footballer. But then the reality is probably a lot different from what people perceive that it would be. Like, oh, you just get paid to play footy, which is obviously not exactly true. Yeah, I mean, when I was younger, I loved it. And I think any land would. If you're you know, if you're a young lad and you're playing football full-time and you're going to good stadiums and playing in front of thousands of people... Um, and you're earning good money at a young age, like obviously everyone's going to love it. But um, like I say, the older you get and, you know, the deals get shorter and the money comes down and there's different, you know, not problems, but there's, you've got more things to think about. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it's a bit of a strange question, but yeah, I, I did really enjoy it when I was younger. Like I say, it's, it's a lot different now, but um I always say if I was starting out now, I think it would be a lot harder, you know, to get into the game. I'm I'm pleased I'm kind of coming towards the end of my career because of the way it is now, you know, with a lot more younger players coming from bigger clubs and foreign clubs, there's a lot more money. It's a lot harder to make it in the game nowadays than it would have been 10 years ago when I started. So, yeah, um, so yeah that's, that's kind of it, really. Yeah, absolutely. And we were, were talking about loans and you ended up on loan at, at Tramia, the, the same season that you were with Grimsby. Um, how did you, you... I think you were meant to be at Grimsby for the full season. How did you end up at Tramia then? Because I remember what I went to the 5-2 game when you were playing for Grimsby. And then it wasn't long after that. You, you It was in January, I think, wasn't it, of that the next season you, you then signed for us? Yeah, I think it just... My agent was obviously speaking to Mickey and then... I think after that game, he needed a left-sided player. So that was it, basically. They they just said that they were interested. And I was like, well, obviously I want to go because they're higher up the table. So um, like I say, that that was kind of on the back of me not playing for a season. So yeah, that, that year was kind of getting going again and trying to trying to play as many games as I could really. So, um, and then obviously I went and we, we got promoted, which was, which was good again. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 been said quite a lot that Tramia is quite a demanding environment to to play in. It's it's you know I've I've seen it how quickly the fans can say on on the team even if even if you're in a good period really. It's it's just one of one of those type of grounds. There's I mean it's it's I always feel like it's quite similar to Goodison. It's just like a smaller Goodison where like the fume is only so it's only one misplaced pass away is the fume at Tramia, which is um. It can be quite funny at times, but I'd imagine playing it can be, it can be quite demanding. Did, is that something you found when you were when you were trying? Obviously, it was a, it was a successful period for the club, but I, I guess you kind of feel different places have different demands on on players. Yeah, like like you say, for me, I didn't really experience it getting nasty because obviously I came and I think we won the first ten games in a row. Mansfield we lost was my first game but after that we won kind of 10 games in the, on the bounce and then we we're always in the playoffs so um, I didn't really experience that but that's as a player even if it is bad it's an atmosphere you know you go back to Don Valley if there's no one there you'd rather play at Tranmere when they're getting on your back at home as opposed to no one at all so um, but yeah it's obviously great ground and good atmosphere when it's going isn't it yeah, absolutely. Is that something the players, like I guess fans probably like to think the players think about that type of thing, you know, playing somewhere where there's a good atmosphere and, and the fans get behind, the, the, you know, and there's something about the club and certain clubs have got different reputations from other clubs and, and there's there's different things that go on in different grounds and what have you. Is that something that genuinely plays into players' minds or is it, you know, it you kind of just take it as it is? No, definitely. I think if you were signing for a club, you'd always you look obviously see where the, the club is and certainly you take the stadium into, consider, into consideration and, and the, the fans, you know, kind of what gates they're getting and stuff. Um, 
And if you've got another team, you might compare the two, what it would be like playing on a home match. Um, so, yeah, no, it definitely is something that players will consider, definitely. That that um, run that you were talking about there, Ben, when we obviously you came in, we lost at Mansfield, and then it was pretty much won almost every game until the end of the season. Do you ever, like, you know, you've, you've had promotions before that and you've had promotions since then as well. Do you get that feeling when you sort of, you come into an environment, you feel like you're onto something good. Can you can you kind of sense it around the place? Yeah, I think um, when I first, I think it was just kind of momentum. You know, each week we got stronger and stronger and stronger. And I think, like I say, to win the first, what was it, eight or nine games, that obviously shot us massively into the playoffs. Um, and I think even the game against Berry, if we'd have won that, we'd have been in touch and distance from automatic. So, yeah, it was one of those where it was just kind of, um, you know, each week you kind of gain more confidence and thought we can actually do this. Um, so it was obviously it was good. Um, I did have my problems with <laughs> with Mickey when I was there, so uh, it wasn't all plain sailing. But yeah, to, to to finish obviously when getting promoted again at Wembley was another great experience. Yeah, because you were. I think you started like seven or eight games on the spin, didn't you? And then you were out the team for a little bit and then come back in on the in the playoff final. Because I remember one of the lads was saying that because you'd been out the team for a little bit when we got to the playoff final and then you come on after about an hour or so and it was your little pass that kept the move going that got the cross into the box, wasn't it? And I remember one of the lads saying that you were the only player in our team who would have made, who would have done that little pass on the edge of the box. Like it was only like a little left foot one just across the edge yeah. of the yeah. But it was just the intelligent ball to keep the keep the, the ball moving and keep the move going. Was there kind of a a reason that you came out of the team at all, or was it just selection sort of issues? No, I think he, he changed the team after the eighth. I think it was Colchester away. We, I think it was like the eighth game we'd won. He took the, the week later. He kind of took me out of the team, and I didn't, obviously I didn't want to come out of the team, so I didn't train particularly well for two days. And he he just said, "Listen, you've been." You're not being great. It's not fair on the other lads that you you know you can train like that and expect to be in the squad. And yeah. so he didn't he didn't put me in the squad. Um, going back to the Rotherham days, I would have played on that Saturday regardless. Yeah. How I've trained, so it's kind of what what situation you know each player is in. Um. So yeah, that wasn't again. It wasn't probably great from my point of view that I, I didn't train well, but I still felt like I should have started the next game after winning eight in a row, nine in a row. Um, yeah, and then the build-up to the the playoff game, I was in shape uh, all week. Um, and then I got to the ground and he pulled me in his office. This was an hour and a half before we were about to kick off against Forest Green. Yeah. Um, and he told me I wasn't starting, I'd be on the bench. Um, so obviously I was raging. Um, said that I would come on, didn't get on. Um, and then the away leg, he actually left me out of the squad completely. Yeah, I remember. Uh, which was like my head was absolutely flying because I was thinking I've gone from starting the first leg yeah. to not even making being in the squad for the second leg. Um, and then I, we had that wait. Obviously, the wait from the second leg to the final is about yeah. 13 days. It was ages, wasn't it? So I'm going in every day just thinking, am I going to be in the squad? Am I going to be in the squad? Like, <laughs> absolute torture um, and then like you say he, he put me in the squad and brought me on after an hour so were you surprised yeah. to get the did he, did he put me on um, probably a little bit that, that it was that early because it was literally after an hour but yeah. I just couldn't understand why he left me out for the semi-final yeah. you know if we'd have lost that game and I wasn't do you know what I mean and I yeah. wasn't in the squad but then he for a bigger occasion in the final, he puts me on. I just couldn't work it out or get my head around it. But <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> that's again, man managers for you. <laughs> that was it. because well, because we did we did an interview with um, with Steve McNulty as well, and obviously he came out of the team that season and came on in the final as well. Yeah, it was because um, I remember he, he was saying like he was sat on the bench and then um, Hodgie had shouted him and said you come you coming on Macca, and he was like. Me, and he was like, yeah, yeah, and he was like, all right, okay. <laughs> so I think Mickey, Mickey can do that. Like he kind of some sometimes will just spring a bit of a random one on you. Um, 
we've always found that really with him when he's been in charge of Tranmere. Yeah, I think, like you say, it's just for me, I was just thinking this is strange, but like you say, I guess someone, some managers are like that. They don't like to tell you, they don't say a great deal to their players and do it their way kind of thing. But yeah, it was that that two week break between the semi final and the final wasn't wasn't great for myself. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I suppose it makes it difficult as well because you're on loan, so you you're kind of thinking you're almost in that like I'm trying to get a place in the squads. You're also thinking about what you're doing the following season, I guess, as well. Yeah, definitely, and obviously, it, um, he, after the game, we we spoke, and he he told he told me there'd be a contract there for me. So, and then. It, we got to pre-season of the next season mm. and he texted my agent saying that there, there wouldn't be a deal there anymore. Oh, really? Which, which was, again, not surprising because it's football, but, um, and he kind of didn't apologise for that, said it wasn't his fault, um, which, you know, it, I couldn't see it any other way. Do you know what I mean? He, he told me on the phone that there'd be something there for me and then, you know, ring me the week before, ring me two weeks before, yeah, even ring me, a, even ringers three days before. Don't ring me on the day of you starting back in pre-season and saying there's not going to be anything here for you. So, um, yeah, it was it was a bit of a mad. I actually signed at Gillingham that season on yeah. you know more money, so it worked out. But um, again, that's a, a side of football that people won't see and they won't take into, into consideration. Yeah, I guess I suppose at that point then you you you're sitting there and you think. You know, you, you've reduced the amount of time that you've got to sign for someone, really. So it puts you in a difficult position, doesn't it? Well, I was I was going on holiday and I was thinking, that, oh, it's going to be sound because they've told me they're going to offer me a deal. So worst case scenario, even if it's X amount what lower than what I've expected, I know I've got a deal there. So, um, and like I say, obviously the older you get, you know, the, the chances and the opportunities get lesser and less. So, um, yeah, it... And it was local for me and, you know, I'd moved around quite a lot, different teams on loan. So I wanted to kind of settle somewhere and and play games. Um, but as I said, it, you know, I signed for Gillingham in the end. I had to move absolutely miles away. So that was a bit annoying, but it, it worked out. Uh, it worked <laughs> out in the end. Yeah, Gillingham's also missions away, isn't it? Like, <laughs> that's another one I've been to. We at least scored in that one. We drew one all in that one I went to. Um, yeah. Yeah, that one's... That is a long, long way away. Did you, so do you, when you go on though, so when you get like, a, did you get a one-year deal, was it with Gillingham? Yeah. Did you move to Gillingham or do you, how do you, how do you do that? So obviously you're from up north. So how do you manage the, the work and well, that type of thing? Obviously when Tramia told me that there wasn't going to be anything there, I went in with Bolton uh, for the pre-season. So, which is 15 minutes from my house. Hmm. So I was praying every day that I'd, but that was when they were getting taken over. I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago yeah. and it was, they had like four players and do you know what I mean? It was yeah. my time. Um, long story short, they, they, the takeover took a while and the manage, new manager came in, wanted to go his own way. So um, yeah, signed for Gillingham. Um, the first game was actually Tranmere at Tranmere, if, if you remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I had to move down there, but my missus was pregnant, so she was in the house. Um, I had to find a flat down there, so I was, like, going in between, like, on the trains, because obviously driving took, like, six hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just back and forwards, and then we managed to get down there to have the baby. So, yeah, it was <laughs> another <laughs> mad experience, basically. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. Is that, I, I, that must put quite a strain on you, because like, you've got a... I mean to play it even you know at that level you've got to you've got to be like extremely fit obviously and you've got to be fully committed because there's there's lads there who'll who'll, who'll take you apart if you're not because they're they're on it a hundred percent and to have obviously the travel the last minute with the preseason obviously your partner's pregnant and stuff that must be really difficult. Yeah, I mean it was the travelling back and forward really. Like I say, driving would have took six hours, but then on the train to go from Manchester to you know. London and then you'd have to get another train or the tube to get out to where Gillingham was so yeah it was going back and forth and then you know after training trying to find somewhere to live um coming back up to Manchester like I say we managed to get the place move everything down had the baby like three days later 
um, which, yeah. And then obviously Steve Evans gave me one day off because I had the baby and then I'm back in yeah. training. Generous of him, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Cheers. Cheers for that. So, yeah, that six months. And then COVID happened. So, um, yeah, I got sent off. Uh, that's in that in that time he tried to send me on loan as well. So that six months was another another madness, basically. Yeah, I'm not surprised. What was that like when COVID happened? Because it was like the football at, at, at that level, at like our level, it, it just stopped, didn't it? It was just like we're done for the season. Yeah, yeah. No, it was. I mean, we were we weren't buzzing, but I wasn't really playing anyway. I was just kind of on the bench, so. Um, it's not like I was missing playing or anything like that, but it meant that we got to move back to Manchester into the into the house. So, um, but yeah, it was like I say, it was a strange time, wasn't it, for everyone, really? Yeah, absolutely. And then last season, you won promotion with Morecambe. How was that different in a in a kind of COVID environment? Yeah, it was different. Um, again, I didn't really <laughs> didn't really play a great deal, so. Um, it was another strange, very strange season for me. But um, I think they were always tipped to get relegated every year for the past ten years. So I mean, credit to Derek Adams for the job that he did. Um, it's like playing football manager to to get a team, you know, down that low to to then get promoted at Wembley. Um, so yeah, I mean, personally, it wasn't wasn't the best. It was the mental side of that of last season was ridiculous at times, you know, especially kind of the conversations I was having with him, but um, to get another Wembley promotion on the CV was, you know, it's, it's great, isn't it? I presume, like, trying to keep yourself going, like, keep keeping up for it in that environment must be quite difficult. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, managers have got in their head whatever they whatever they think, but he, there was times where he was saying he, he really wanted to play me and giving me reasons why I should be playing, and I'm thinking, well, just play me then. Like what? <laughs> what you what you talk? Why you keep talking? Just do it. Um, and then he just would still leave me out of the squad, wouldn't put me on. Just not, you know. And and going in every day, knowing you're not going to be part of it or you're not going to be on the on the bench at least is torture for anyone. So, um. Which is, I think that's why I'm enjoying it so much, you know, playing at Altrincham at the minute because purely of that side, the mental side and the, you know, not being involved or if you're injured and you've got to go in every day for six hours and all that type of stuff, you, it takes its toll, you know. Yeah, I can imagine. How's this season going then with, with Altrincham? You got a good win at the weekend against Notts County, wasn't it? So, are you? What's your kind of expectations? You got quite a good side, haven't you? Yeah, no, we have, to be fair. We've got a few good players, um, like lads who've played in the league and stuff. Um, it, it, like I say, it was a bit strange at the beginning because obviously it's, it's part-time, but um, it's. Uh, I, I think the expectations would be to try and get in the playoffs, I guess. I think that's where we're kind of aiming for, really. But, um, yeah, it's just one of those where you just got to see where it takes you. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's going good so far. Fantastic. And then, and then, kind of to wrap up, Ben, you're you're obviously you mentioned it at the top, sort of coming towards the end of your career. Where do you see yourself after you're playing? Um, well, I think obviously when COVID happened and when I signed for Morecambe last year, that's you know that that's the biggest my money's dropped probably since I started at Derby, really. So I knew then that I was gonna you know, I have to maybe look to do something else. But I think the property side of stuff really interests me. I've got um got a couple of myself at the minute. So I think that's the area that I'd probably um look to look to be going into and kind of doing something, you know, more than I'm doing now as well as playing on the side, I guess. Absolutely. And have you got any concerns or worries or anxieties about not playing anymore? Or do you feel like when you get to that point you'll you'll be ready to, you know, hang it up? Yeah, I think I'll be ready. Like I say, they, I've had to change my mentality. To, you know, rather than I knew I was going to play every single week, it didn't matter. Like, whereas over the years now, I've not played a great deal and I've had to kind of get used to it and not get frustrated, not get angry. So, <coughs> um, <clears throat> like I say, I'm just kind of enjoying playing now. But I think when it comes to it, I'll uh, I'll be ready. <clears throat> 
Um, okay, right, so I've got eight questions. Let's see how we get on. Okay, so question number one. You started your, your football playing days, as we mentioned, at Wolves End Boys Club. There are four former Wolves End players who have been part of England World Cup squads. Can you name those four players? Um, what a good question that is. Alan Shearer. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Alan Shearer. Peter Beardsley. Correct. Steve Watson. No. Rob, Rob Lee. No, he wasn't, was he? Um, how have I not got these last two? Michael Carrick. Michael Carrick, yeah. Go on, give me the fourth one. Fraser Forster. Yeah, good shot. Actually, I played with him as well. Yeah, I don't think I would. I wouldn't have got that fourth run, but yeah, he was in the squad. I think in 2014, but didn't get on the didn't get on the pitch. So you yeah. made your, your your Derby County debut in 2008, which was in a 2-1 win against Peterborough. Um, who scored the winner for Derby that day? Um, Gary Teal. Gary Teal. Oh, what a memory! Superb. Superb. <laughs> okay, so we're flying now. You scored your first Rotherham goal in a 2-1 win away at Crewe in 2011. Which current Altrincham teammate was playing for Crewe that day? I'm trying to go through the older lads here. <laughs> Dean, Dean Furman? No. No? AJ Leach-Smith? Of course, of course. So, at the end of the 2013-14 League One season, you were named in the team of the season, along with which current England player? I don't know what a question that is. <laughs> um, Jack Grealish? No. I'll give you another guess. He's not... He doesn't come from that far away from your region of the country. Little bit south. Little bit... Just slightly south from you. Jordan Pickford? No, no. Harry Maguire? Big Hazard Maguire. He's Sheffield. I think he's Sheffield anyway. He was playing yeah. playing for Sheffield, heading everything away in League One. Just constantly heading stuff out of the box. So you scored your first Fulham goal against your former club Rotherham in a 3-1 win. There was a player in your side that day who went on to receive a Premier League winner's medal. Who was that player? Who played that same day, yeah? Yeah, he was, he was playing for you. He was playing for Fulham in your team. I think you played with him at two clubs potentially as well. And he went on to get a Premier League winner's medal? He did. Very recently. Go on, tell me. Andy Lonergan. Of course. How have I not got that? <laughs> I used Andy Lonergan in another question the other day. Because you just well, like, he's got a Premier League he's got a like a Super Cup winner's medal as well. I wasn't even thinking about... I was All I was thinking about was outfield players. I wasn't even thinking about Berkey. <laughs> question. Uh, okay, number six. Which manager said this of you? He can give you that balance on the left-hand side. He can play narrow, so he can play on the inside. And he's got a terrific left foot. He can put great crosses in. So if we're playing with our strikers, they should get plenty of service. And I've give, I'll give you the clue you've already mentioned in this evening. I was going to say, it sounds a bit like Mick McCarthy, something yeah. he, he would say. I was tempted to do the accent, but I thought that I'd give it away straight away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, okay, number seven. You made your Tranmere debut as a substitute in the 3 0 defeat of Mansfield, as we mentioned before. Do you remember who you replaced? Um, and we've mentioned we've mentioned Nick Speller as well today. Steve McNulty, was it? Steve McNulty, yeah. I don't, were you playing centre half? Were you for the last fifteen minutes or something? I was going to say I don't know why I was coming on for him, like, but yeah, we must have been playing a back three or something. Um, it was three, we were three 0 down when you came on in that game as well. I didn't even realise. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah Ben. Good <laughs> <laughs> <Bit> of this. <laughs> have, a, have a good debut. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So final question. Um. You didn't get on the score sheet in your time at Tranmere, but you did get a couple of important assists which were both for the same player in games against Notts County and Milton Keynes-Dons. Who was that player? Uh, Connor Jennings. Connor Jennings, it was. Ben, that's, um, that's everything, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. This has been one of the most enjoyable interviews I've done. It's absolutely... <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've just been just been chatting whammo for about an hour and ten minutes, but it's been... Uh, I've enjoyed it. <laughs> um, thank you so much, mate. It's, it's been a pleasure. 
Um, and uh, best of luck for, for the rest of the season and, and you know whatever you do, whatever you do after it. Yeah, no worries, mate. Thanks for having me on. And um, yeah, like I say, we'll we'll see what happens, won't we? Hopefully, uh, Tranmere will, will go up again. But fingers crossed, mate. Fingers crossed. If we if we end up a bit short on the left hand side, I'll be putting the shouts in. I'm sure Mickey will be having none of that. <laughs> saying nothing, mate. I'm saying nothing. <laughs> Thanks for Ben. Cheers, mate. Top man. Take care, mate. Take care, mate. Bye, mate. You can run, you can hide, you can run, you can hide, you can run.